Thank you for joining us for Listen In GI Endoscopy. Throughout the series, Dr. Srinivas Gadam hosts world-renowned expert clinicians to discuss the latest developments in gastroenterology-based diseases and the use of GI endoscopy in their diagnosis and management. This podcast is brought to you by the American Society for Gastrointestinal Endoscopy, home to more than 16,000 members worldwide and the leading voice for GI endoscopy. We thank our sponsor, Cook Medical, for making this series possible. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, Srinivas Gadam, and welcome to a very special episode of Listen in GI Endoscopy, ASG's official podcast. Today, we're joined by Dr. Jennifer Christie, the president of ASGE, who brings extensive experience and leadership in GI and endoscopy. Dr. Christie's journey to ASGE's presidency is marked by a distinguished career in GI. A leader in research and education, she not only demonstrates clinical experience, but actively contributes to shaping guidelines and mentoring emerging professionals. She's currently the Division Director of GI and Hepatology at the University of Colorado in Denver. Join us for an enlightening conversation with Dr. Christie as she provides unique insights into her personal journey, current ASG initiatives, and her forward-looking vision for the future of endoscopy. Before we move further, first, a sincere thank you to our sponsor, Cook Medical, for their unwavering support in making this episode possible. Dr. Christie, I'm so excited uh, to have this podcast with you today. Thank you for making the time and welcome. Thank you so much, Sri. I am so excited to be here and thank you for uh, inviting me and I look forward to an engaging conversation with you. So um, let's uh, get started with uh, uh, your background. I think what I'm looking uh, forward to learning from you is how did you get interested uh, in medicine, GI, and uh, what did the process take? So, you know, without uh, sounding too cliche, I think I I always had a a goal for myself to try to, to... use whatever talents that I had and I continue to develop to really make other people's lives better. Um, I was very fortunate to have a very supportive family um, and friends and uh, a network to help me through the, this journey. You know, and growing up, I saw, you know, my parents had, uh, you know, friends who were physicians. They weren't necessarily gastroenterologists, but physicians that seemed to be very passionate about what they were doing. Um, and, um, and really I listened to stories, even as a young girl about, you know, things that they interacted or people that they interacted with and things that they encountered. And I was just fascinated. And so when I went to medical school, initially I wanted to actually be a pediatrician. Um, and then as I, uh, listened to and watched some of the, uh, gastroenterology faculty at my medical school, Howard University, they just looked so happy. And just like they were living their best lives. And I said, that is exactly what I want to do. And then as I got into it, I, you know, just the, the ability to do procedures and see patients in clinic, uh, it just further ignited my interest. And I've been all in ever since. Yeah, I think that there's a certain joy 
to doing our job every day, to taking good care of our patients and that satisfaction, I feel this is one unique career where you can have that. Um, it's great. So your parents uh, inspired you to become a doctor. And what what um, what what made you think about GI? Yeah, I think because of the ability to to actually do, uh, be hands on and do procedures, make a, a immediate impact, uh, specifically in patients that are coming in with bleeding, I was able to see some of that as a medical student and then as a resident um, was was really exciting to me. I um, I thought about surgery, but I decided that I didn't necessarily want that particular lifestyle of a surgeon but I knew that I wanted to, and I could do something with my hands. I actually used to play the guitar. And I think that's what made it a little bit easier for me to pick that up. I still plan on, you know, my, in my next career playing a guitar and maybe being in a band, but that's later on. So we'll see. Well, <laughs> always... well I'm glad you chose GI because uh, we're glad to have you as a president and leader. Tell me, uh, going back to choosing GI, tell me about, were there any mentors, uh, sponsors, people along the way that you met that inspired you to become who you are today? Yes, absolutely. So um, I mentioned to you that in medical school, I um, you know, I was able to be exposed to, to some just extraordinary people. And one of the, the people that I watched, I didn't know her very well. Her name is Sadie Curry. And she, and I learned this later on, she was the first uh, Black female gastroenterologist in the United States. Oh, wow. Again, at the time, I didn't know that. I just thought she was really cool. You know, I was 20 something years old. And again, she seemed to be very passionate about what she was doing. So that that's that's one of the people that I um, really modeled after. And I don't think she knows this, but but I but I did. Um, and then as I went through uh, internship and then fellowship, I was fortunate enough to meet uh, my uh, main mentor, Dr. Susie, uh, Suzanne Rose, um, and uh, I met her at a ACG women's luncheon and she just, I just went up to her just randomly uh, and we stayed in contact. She um, advised me as far as I was trying to decide on careers. I, I thought, I always thought I was just going to private practice and live and be happy and, and do well. And, and I still could have done that, but I chose to move along the academic path and um, and she helped me move along that path and sponsored me and mentored me to, to do research, to give talks, to get better at giving talks. And then I had a, I mean, a number of people that have been inspired and encouraged me along the way. I cannot even name all of the individuals, but certainly I think what you're getting at, Shri, is that that network and those people make a difference. And that's why it's so important for me and my role now to do the same for other um, trainees and uh, young faculty coming through the pipeline. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, uh, each of uh, each of our careers, we have a lot of mentors. And at the time we make relationship with our mentors, we think it's a short term. Uh, but now I realize these are long-term relationships and they profoundly impact what you do and who you become. So it's 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 great. And thank you to all the mentors out there uh, for doing such a great job and inspiring our leaders for tomorrow. Absolutely. 
Yeah. So, so talking about leadership, uh, you know, it's we 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 do our entire career throughout our entire careers, which we're worried about how do we treat a such such and such disease, and how do we take care of our patients, uh, how do we approach our patients, and how do we talk to them in a very sensitive way. But I don't think we're taught the leadership style and skills that go with it. Uh, so tell me about what inspired you to be a leader uh, and uh, what how did you develop those skills along the way? Yeah. So uh, by the way, those skills are still developing. <laughs> so it is a it is an ongoing process. Um, but I, I always felt from at a very young age that I um, that I had good leadership skills, and I wanted them to be excellent. Um, and I think the main thing that drives it for me is that I my, my goal is to inspire and empower people to develop and lead the best careers that they possibly can. Um, and then again, you know, pull others forward as well. Um, and it comes from a place of of true caring and compassion, and it, I dare say it, love, right? Yeah, is yeah. really just you know, and not to say that you you know we're going to agree on everything, or as a leader, I'm going to be able to give you everything you think you want or you need. But m- my goal is to try to inspire people to um, to to also become leaders and to uh, to give their patients the best care that they possibly can um, as a leader, and then also to train and encourage uh, other folks coming through the pipeline. Oh, uh, you mentioned a really important point there, love. I mean, I, I, I think it is really true. It's a passion. Uh, it's uh, wanting to really do good to the world uh, quite selflessly. Thank you for that, uh, uh, inf- uh, for speaking about this. Uh, so tell me a little bit about how you got involved with ASGE and what inspired you to this role. Yeah. So it was um, a very interesting path. So of course I was a trainee member, which was really important. Um, I they, they didn't have, and I don't want to give away my age too much, but there was not the first year fellows course at the time. Um, Yet ASG still had a lot of great educational resources that I took full advantage of and also got to know folks. I will say now the first year fellows course though is an excellent opportunity and I'm and I know that many of the fellows um, really leverage this opportunity to learn and engage with others. But but along the way ASG has always been there. I when I finished my um, training initially I was not. Um, uh, you know, as active. And then after a few years, I was at DDW and I was just circulating around. I actually met some of the ASGE staff. And that's the other thing that's really important is that the staff is is so important to engage with and they can help you in so many ways to, to find out where you fit in, in the various societies, but specifically ASGE. Um, and the staff person, uh, Jackie Price, kind of helped navigate me, and and then I, um, I I applied for a committee, and after a, a, for a number of different GI societies, actually, <laughs> um, you know, it takes a while. Initially, I didn't get on one, but I kept applying, 
and um, finally got on the committee and then got on that committee and, and just, again, dove right in and became engaged. So I say that to say that uh, for the trainees in the audience, that it's so important to put your name out there, to, to find out what's, what's opportunities are available to you. And then, you know, uh, ask folks to help you get on those committees. And if you don't get on a committee the first time, it's okay. I've had a lot of no's. You keep going and you keep going and you keep trying and continue to hone your skills and, and, um, and it will happen. So, and it's a long story, Sheree, but it's, you know, yeah. just hard work on those committees and right. then chairperson of the committees and then governing board all in, um, you know, I've taken risks. I've said things that may not be popular to the group, but I felt like it was the right thing. And I think it helped to, um, to demonstrate that I, that I am a individual thinker and, um, and, and really help to, to gain some respect, you know, within my peers. Right. That's great. Um, so just a shout out to all the committee members that do work for ASGE. Uh, yes. It's amazing. I really enjoy working on a committee. You get to meet new people, uh, all your, your colleagues in the same um, same uh, career path. Uh, uh, and it's amazing. I, I really come back from a committee meeting much more energized, uh, wanting to work with the team and do good things. Uh, but thank you for telling us about what inspired you in ASGE and how, what led you to becoming the president today. Um, so can you tell us, especially with the uh, residents, fellows, and early career GIs in mind, a little bit about what is ASGE and uh, what why its work is really that uh, really important in GI? So um, ASGE, we are, first of all, I consider us to be a family, right? And um, in that family, uh, we work very hard for, and there's several missions and we have uh, strategic priorities that we developed um, a few years ago. And we continue to, um, to update them depending on what's going on in the market and what we see uh, as far as what our members need. Um, but most importantly, we our goal is to um, distribute and disseminate the most up-to-date education as it relates to endoscopy and patient care, All right? So education is key. And our members have told us that it is important. I think the way in which that education is distributed is also important to figure that out, right? So we're learning now that you know, we, we have to be very strategic in terms of, and, and innovative. So how do we, you know, merge AI in that, in that education? How do we merge how people want to receive the education? Is it in person? Is it hands-on? Is it virtual? Is it a combination? So we're constantly having those conversations. Um, but also, and this is uh, very relevant for, you know, for uh, individuals going out into practice, whether it be private practice or academic practice, but but also delivering information as it relates to the business of endoscopy and how do you uh, recruit and retain your teams that help you to do what you do and develop the best, uh, distribute the best care to your patients. But also it's important for us to, um, to think globally how do we educate and engage our members internationally because it is an international society so that they also um, are able to receive the best education around 
uh, endoscopic procedures, devices, um, new techniques for removing polyps um, in a way in which um, they find it very helpful to them. And then advocacy, that's a really important part of what we do, advocating for um, for patients who are, are underserved or, or uninsured. And we, we're working on a project, which you know we'll, we'll talk about a little bit later as it relates to colon cancer screening, but also advocating for our members in terms of reimbursement and the challenges around reimbursement and getting certain things paid in codes that are, that are reimbursable. That's something that we work really, really hard at every day. And we're on the hill. We're on the hill tree going to try to make it happen. And and we we are working with our sister societies in that regard as well. So so we have a really good good um, collaboration and partnerships to to try to achieve those goals. Amazing. So it, it sounds to me that ASG is just constantly working with regard to education, uh, advocacy and serving its members in various different ways. It's really a very broad uh, GI society uh, that has some focus on general and interventional endoscopy. So so, so tell us, um, how, has, um, how has ASGE changed since its inception? Uh, and what, what impact has it had on the field of endoscopy in general? Yeah, so... First of all, the impact has been huge, and particularly as it relates to innovation and education um, to our members. And it does continue to evolve. So again, we're, we're trying to meet our members where they are and, and, and um, understand what the needs are. So I think, um, you know, maybe many years ago, uh, the focus was purely on endoscopy, and it, and it is. But we also understand that um, there may be other ways to, for example, to screen for colon cancer. And we have to be open to um, figuring out what is the best procedure for each patient, right? Um, Colonoscopy still is the gold standard, but not everyone has access to, to that procedure. And so really trying to make sure that we serve all of our members and all of our patients um, in that they have access to, to, to quality care. Um, the other thing I really want to highlight is that ASGE is, um, it is a society for all endoscopy, right? So you mentioned general uh, endoscopy. That is, that is key. That is the core. But also we are, we are the leaders in advanced endoscopy as well, right? So we are at the penetrating point of this um and and we will remain such yeah no i'm an interventional endoscopist and i have viewed asge through my lens always uh, but after becoming more involved i i realized that there's a lot about general endoscopy there's a lot of guidelines educational programs um so i'm, I'm going to switch gears a little bit um uh, and so, um, uh, and ask you about some of the challenges uh, and opportunities that uh, uh, ASG has faced. Uh, is um, uh, Dr. Christie? Can you tell us a little bit about some of the current challenges uh, and what ASG is doing to address those uh, in our field? So I think there there are a number. Um, I mentioned reimbursement earlier, and that there is a constant threat of. Um, you know, 
changing reimbursement patterns that that we have to be in, in front of. And and the team at ASG is doing that. And um, and and I mean the the staff as well as our committee members are participating in um, uh, really understanding some of the changes that are coming around the pike, and then trying to get ahead of advocating for the for what's what's best for our patients and for our for our members. Um, and then also some of these technologies that that we are using, you know, they're 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 no existing codes for them, right? So again, we're able to provide um, interventions that really uh, decrease the, the morbidity in a lot of patients. However, reimbursement for those is very challenging. So, and, and we don't, we, we don't want to halt innovation. We, we want to keep it going, but we have to be able to find um, strategies to, to encourage our, our members to innovate and for industry to continue to innovate with us because that partnership is important as well. And we do have very strong ind industry partners. Um, and then the other thing is just making sure that we are able to deliver quality care right. to, um, to all of our patients. I use colon cancer screening as an example, right? So, um, you know, th there's currently, uh, the ACP put out a, um, a statement that perhaps we shouldn't start screening at 45 and it should start at 50. However, we feel very strongly, as do many of our sister societies, that that because of the risk that, of colon cancer and that increased incidence of early onset colon cancer, that 45 um, is the appropriate age to begin screening because we want to get in front of it. We don't want to catch people at 55 who have cancer, right? right. We want right. we, we to get ahead of that. So um, really trying to make sure that we communicate to our patients what is the appropriate uh, recommendation and also to payers what is the appropriate recommendation so that these procedures can be covered. And then not only that, but if and, and if someone has a stool-based test, making sure that they get to colonoscopy in a timely fashion, um, which is a project that that we're working on currently. Perfect. So it looks like there are a lot of evolving challenges and, and also several opportunities in this field. Uh, so tell us, you know, just to bring up one other thing that uh, I've heard and I know you're passionate about is uh, diversity, equity and inclusion, um, commonly used as DEI. So t tell me about why we need to be concerned about this topic. So there's... Uh so many reasons why this matter matters. And many of us were doing this work before it became DEI, if you will, right? And it became sort of uh, uh, popular. Uh, but, you know, as we know, there is uh, a huge disparity in terms of um, incidence and death from a lot of different uh, chronic diseases in the United States and the underinsured, underinsured and minoritized populations. Um, and a lot of that is due to um, social determinants of health and systemic racism. And, and that's what really drives a lot of this disparity. And so we, uh, uh, specifically at ASGE, feel very strongly that we have to be intentional about 
about any activities to help reduce those disparities. So I talked about colon cancer um, screening and access. Um, and this project is called the ASGE Colorectal Cancer Screening Project, which in which we're partnering with Exact Sciences um, and, and other industry partners to provide, number one, to provide stool-based tests for those who either don't have access or don't want a colonoscopy, and then making sure that they have timely access to colonoscopy. And again, this is through a grant uh, with Exact Sciences. Um, and we are working very closely with um, legislators to try to make this, to, to develop this pilot, this model, and then to drive policy to, to help this project to be funded on a state level. So we're working in Georgia and in Maryland to, to, um, to run this pilot. And, um, and we're having we're using patient navigators to help patients to navigate to a, to a follow up colonoscopy after a positive stool based test, and so we're hoping that that will um, will again drive policy eventually for this to be covered, um, and and therefore decrease that disparity in terms of colon cancer incidence as well as mortality in underserved populations, and then as it relates to and there are many different diseases in which there are, there are disparities. And then as it relates to our, our trainees and, and, our, and our faculty. So we know the, the, the pathway to medicine in general is difficult, particularly when you don't have access to good education from a very young age. Right. You don't have access to people and mentors to help drive you in that direction. So at ASG, we're, we are, um, and we're partnering with, like I said, our sister societies to develop initiatives to, to help in, increase the pathway. We're um, this past DDW went to a high school in Chicago and showed the high school students our, our scopes and what we do. And it was so much fun. We're going to do it again this um, DDW 2024 in D.C. Um, and and then also developing programs for our junior faculty to participate in research projects and other professional development projects. Um, or programs to help them to develop the skills that they need to be successful in their career. This summer, we did a program called Elevate. It was specifically for underrepresented in medicine, and it was phenomenal just to help them to continue to elevate their careers. And, and that's sort of a, a major theme um, for this year at ASGE. Wow. Amazing. A lot of work. Uh... Uh, great work going in that direction. Uh, you know, it, it looks like ASG is involved in the advocacy front to improve uh, equity and access uh, to our diverse population uh, and then great uh, mentorship to uh, under, underrepresented minorities through the Elevate program. Uh, and uh, af as you're telling me, I realized that uh, to improve the diversity of physicians in the future, uh, we have to work at grassroots level today. Uh, and uh, the fruits of all of this hard work will be born in about 20 years from today. Yeah. Uh, so so it's, uh, it's a really grassroots level work uh, that, that you're doing amazing. Uh, uh, thank you for taking that on and doing such a great job with that. Thank you. And we have amazing people working. I mean, we have... For the colon cancer project I told you about, we have an advisory council of our colleagues who are key leaders in the colon cancer screening um, space. And so we're very fortunate to have them. 
And then, you know, for some of the other projects I've mentioned to you, the ASGE staff and the members and the committee members have been just incredible. So I feel very fortunate to have a, a remarkable people to work with. Wonderful. Uh, so um, just um, moving on to another topic about educational initiatives that ASGE takes on. Um, tell us about what's available today. I know we touched on this quite a bit early on, uh, but what what are some of the main uh, aspects of ASG educational endeavors, especially for the younger GIs or residents and fellows? So there's a lot. Um, I did mention for the um, for the fellows is it the first year fellows course, which I think most first year fellows go to um, now. And then we also have a senior fellows course. So a course for fellows who are in their second or third year of, of training where they now have a little better idea of what they don't know <laughs> and so and what they need to learn more about. Right. So that's also very popular. Um, we have uh, we have courses at our ASGE ITT Center constantly um, for advanced endoscopy, but also um, for for general endoscopy, colonoscopy, bleeding techniques, polypectomy, and particularly EMR now. And 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 um, we've had ESD in the past for people who want to um, expand on what they're already doing. Um, we also have a, a wonderful platform called GI Leap, where a lot, most of this, these courses and this, these, uh, this information is housed and um, it's just an incredible resource. And then of course we have our journals, we have um, GIE, we have video GIE, and now we have IGIE, which is the, um, which can, it's, it's sort of the newest journal for innovation, investigation, like it's, it is, um, it is the, you know, latest breaking uh, technology in that journal. And we have wonderful, wonderful. editors and, and who are responsible for that. So yeah. Tree, I could go on and on about our educational yeah. resources. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, no. So I've, I've been working with ASG for about eight years now, and I still don't know all of them. There's just a lot. Uh, and I cheated a little bit while you were speaking. I went onto the ASG website and just uh, put my mouse over education tab. And there's plenty of opportunities to learn. There are a lot of meetings. Uh, ASG is heavily present at DDW. That's amazing. Takes a lot of work. And I appreciate your leadership and everybody else's uh, work into this. Um, if if you're listening uh, and you're looking for educational resources, uh, go to the ASG website, click on education. There are there's a ton of opportunities, uh, and uh, as Dr. Christie was saying, GI Leap is a very well curated online website. If you're a member, it gives you access to all the videos. These are all peer-reviewed and of the highest quality. So I urge you to check that out. Um, thank you. Thank you for telling us about all the uh, great educational opportunities uh, at uh, with ASGE. Uh, are there um, any other current projects that we haven't touched upon with ASGE? Any collaborations, ongoing projects that you would like to mention? Yeah, there are a lot. And I don't think we have time, Shree, but uh, <laughs> but I do want to say, you know, AI yeah. is, is yeah. really um, an important, um, you know, component of what we're, what we do and what we're continuing to do. And uh, so I just encourage 
um, everyone to look at the resources there or, um, and how perhaps you can get involved, how you can learn. And the other thing I want to mention is sustainable endoscopy. That's another very important area for us. Uh, and we all still have a lot to learn, but we are committed to, to learning and to um, trying to reduce the amount of waste that we put into the system. And in endoscopy, it's tough, right? But mm -hmm. we have to do it. So um, so I would say that to, to check out those resources about how you can make a difference. Um, and if you have any other ideas, we are happy to hear them. Um, and then the other thing, I, and we touched on this a lot, is, you know, we have a mentorship program. So I encourage the listeners to either be a mentor or to sign up to be a mentee, because it really can change the course of your career. Oh, that's amazing. A uh, lot of uh, important topics, very relevant for the future of ASG uh, and uh, our GI endoscopy in general. So, it, you know, just last month we talked about uh, sustainable endoscopy or green endoscopy. We had an episode. It, it was really very thought provoking. And you're right. We need to do something today to change the future. Hopefully in the next five to 10 years, we'll start to see a change in that area. But it, I, it, it seems like it's a work in progress. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you know, in the in the interest of time, uh, I want to um, I, I want to ask you a couple of questions uh, relevant, change topics a little bit, um, uh, something relevant to our uh, young gastroenterologists. Um, from having gone through this path yourself of education, training, uh, then leadership, and now being a, a leader at ASG, the president of ASG, looking back, what advice would you give to young gastroenterologists as they start their career and they're looking to looking to shaping their career and they're still saying, hmm, what am I going to be? <laughs> I'm trying to figure that out too. No. <laughs> I am, um, I know. <laughs> um, well, first of all, I would say that be open, right, to to different opportunities and different possibilities um, because things are going to evolve just naturally. And then you have to be ready to evolve with um, with with time. Right. Um, and then so being open, being flexible and then build your network. I cannot emphasize that enough. Right. That network is so important, and then and and sustaining that network and 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 being, you know, being sort of a, a collaborator in that network. So, you know, for my my mentor, I mean, I I I believe I've helped her in many ways too, right? So always having that exchange, um, but the network is key, and and following up, and and always working to learn more and do better. You're gonna make mistakes. I have, um, I will make more, uh, but willing to take risk and learn from those mistakes. Yeah, love it. Willing to take risk and learn from mistakes. Uh, that's amazing. Great advice. Um, so in the interest of time, I think we're coming to the end of our time. Um, is there um, anything else you would like to tell our listeners on uh, what... Um, why they should become members of ASGE and uh, uh, and what benefits it has for them as they start their careers. So um, I think again that the the membership it has so much value and 
um, for, for, from different groups, right? So I mentioned the international community for trainees, for folks in academic practices, folks in private practice, large groups. We really try to appeal to um, a diverse set of, of people and to, to groups and practice settings because we know that we can deliver the best endoscopic education. Um, we, um, we can help nurture your careers. Um, we also can help deliver inf uh, educational information to your patients around endoscopy and, and, some, and other GI disorders. Um, and your membership gives you access to our journals and a lot of the educational information that we talked about and some of the platforms, as well as the brochures at a discounted um, rate. Um, and then also because we, we need to hear your voice as it relates to, to some of the advocacy goals that we have. And so becoming a member and being able to engage with us allows us to hear and then respond. Um, and so I think it's just, it's invaluable really, but I think it's really yeah. about the community, Sheree. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I started, uh, I became a member when I was a, a fellow, uh, first year GI fellow, attended the course that you were talking about. Uh, it's had a profound impact on me. Um, I think the, um, you know, the, the, through the journey of my career, I found it very useful, uh, so much value from my membership. And I think even going forward, I can see a lot of things that ASG is doing. And, and ultimately, I think involvement and leadership, uh, making friends along the way, it's just been a, a great experience for me. And Thank you. Thank you so much for talking to us today. Uh, I want to extend our heartfelt appreciation to you for sharing all your invaluable expertise and insights. Uh, to our listeners, uh, don't forget to spread the word and share this enlightening episode with your fellow enthusiasts. Stay tuned for a more engaging conversations in future. Until next time, keep exploring, learning, and pushing the boundaries of knowledge. Thank you. Thank you again, Dr. Christie. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Push the boundaries. Thank you again for joining us and to our sponsor, Cook Medical. You can find the full series at ASGE.org, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.